for it and we press on towards the life ahead and towards glory. Because our final destination is not this earth. We are sojourners here for a short time. Our final destination is heaven. It is Christ. He is our portion and our prize. Again, we are sojourners on this earth. We will be here for a short time. But our text today is going to tell us that we are citizens of heaven. That Christ has gone before us, and that's even what that song also talked about. Christ has gone before us, and he is preparing an eternal kingdom for us, where we will reign alongside him forever. So I'm going to talk about today. If you don't have a bulletin, I would encourage you, go to the back bulletin. Um, I'm going to talk about, though, two different types of people that we're going to find on this earth. Those whose mind are set on earthly things and those who are citizens of heaven. It's going to talk about you are either an enemy of the cross of Christ or as we saw in John, you are a friend of Christ. Paul is going to tell us today that there are many people who walk as enemies of Christ, whose minds are set on earthly things, but he is going to remind us that we, the church, have a greater hope. That Christ Jesus, as Dave talked about last week, has made us his own. That we belong to him and that he has gone to prepare a place for us. It has brought my heart so much encouragement this week as I've just been reading through scripture and seeing these different instances of just places that have not enough room. As you look and you read the story of Jesus his birth, Joseph and Mary went to Bethlehem and there was not enough room for them to stay. As we read in Mark, hundreds upon thousands of people are coming to Jesus when he's at his mother-in-law of Peter's house and there's not enough room for everybody. But as we read the gospel, as we hear today that we are citizens of heaven, we know that God has gone to prepare a place specifically for each one of us. It has brought my heart so much encouragement this week to know that God is preparing a place specifically for me. It just blew my mind to think that the all-powerful God, the creator of all the universe, the one whom we'll see today that everything and everyone is subject to, the one who breathed galaxies and the whole universe into existence, that God who is big mighty and powerful, that he has prepared a place specifically for you and for us, the church. Christ died to make us his own, and Paul is going to continue to encourage us today to live a life that is worthy of the gospel, to live a life on this earth as if we are citizens of heaven, which the Bible says that we are. We, the church, are citizens of of a greater hope, of a greater place. This is not our final resting place, but we will dwell with God for eternity. And so with that, let us pray this morning as we dig into the word. And hopefully, I pray this is an encouraging sermon. I really think it will be. Let us pray. Amen. Father, God, we just thank you and we praise you this morning, Lord, for each one that is right here today that is gathered together, Lord, that you have given us our health, that we're here, able to be here. 
Um, I know that there are many in our body, Father, who are experiencing sickness and illness today, Lord, and they are not able to gather. It grieves my heart to not have all of the church gathered together. For Father, your word describes the local church as a body. We cannot function in the ways that we have been made to function if we are missing parts of our body. And so, Father, we pray this morning that you would help those who are sick to be well quickly, Father, and that next week, Lord willing, we would all be able to gather together to worship you, to encourage one another in this walk, in this race that is before us. Father, life is not easy, but we must do it in community. We must do it in the context of the local church if we are to survive, Lord, if we are to flourish. You have given us the church as a gift. I talk about it so often, and I pray I never lose focus that you have not just purchased individual souls, but you have purchased with your blood on the cross a people. Father, and that the local church is that people. Father, help us to continue to be able to gather together in this place and to be a light to the world that is filled with darkness. Father, I pray that you would encourage our hearts this morning as we read and we hear your word. And it's in Jesus' mighty and precious name that we pray. Amen. So if you have a Bible, please turn to Philippians chapter 3. We'll be finishing up the third chapter of Philippians this morning, verses 17 through 21. So I'll give everybody a moment to turn there, and then I will read that for us this morning. Again, Philippians chapter 3, verses 17 through 21. While I grab some water. All right. Philippians 3, 17 through 21. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and they glory in their shame with minds that are set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So I've already mentioned it. It's found in your bulletins. But there are two types of people that are found on this earth in this world. There are those who are enemies of Christ, who set their minds on earthly things. And there are those who are friends with Christ, who are citizens of heaven. Paul wants us to be around and to imitate those who are friends of Christ and citizens of heaven. He calls us brothers and sisters and he commands us. To keep our eyes on those who walk according to the example that you have in us. He is telling us to imitate him. Imitate Timothy, Epaphroditus. As you read in the book of Hebrews, there is this great cloud of witnesses who have gone before us. He is encouraging us. Imitate them. Imitate any brother or sister in your life who walks with an eternal mindset. He is encouraging us, keep our eyes on them as they 
Keep their eyes on Christ. Do not look behind and dwell on your past life, on your past sin. No, we forget what lies behind and we strain forward to what lies ahead. If you are in Christ, then you are a new creation. And so Paul commands us, keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example of Paul and of other faithful brothers and sisters. In church, the only way, the only way that we can keep our eyes on those who are citizens of heaven is to surround ourselves by those who are citizens of heaven. Even though there is an individual aspect to our salvation, Christ Jesus died for the church. We must be in constant community and fellowship with each other. We must abide in the word of Christ. If we only surround ourselves by those who set their eyes on earthly things, then we will set our eyes on earthly things. If we only listen to the news and to the people of the world, then we will become like the world. We will be downcast. We will be despairing of no hope if all we do is listen to the news. We must be a scripture-saturated people who abide in the word of Christ. If we want to live a life that is worthy of the gospel, if we want to live as citizens of heaven, then we must surround ourselves with fellow citizens of heaven and we must abide in the word of God. Proverbs 13.20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. We must be in constant community with each other. The worries of this world can so easily weigh us down. I know that all of us here have struggles of various kinds. Some of us may not know where our next meal is going to come from. Some of us struggle to stay warm in this cold season. Some of us feel completely inadequate to do the job that we are called to or that we are currently in. Some of us, myself even yesterday, feel like complete failures as parents when we lash out in anger at our children. Some of us struggle with anxiety, depression. Some of us feel like failures at life because we've never been married, never had kids, or have a failed marriage. And all of these struggles are real. I am not minimizing at all the suffering that each one of us has to endure in this life. But Paul The one who wrote this letter, Paul struggled with every single one of those things that I mentioned above, aside from probably having physical children, but he probably experienced the same things with his spiritual children. He has gone through all of those struggles. Yet his encouragement to us is to forget what lies behind and to strain forward to what lies ahead, to press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. Of God in Christ Jesus. But the church, church, if we only surround ourselves by those whose minds are on earthly things, if we only spend time with those who glory in their shame, whose God is their belly, we may find that our end will be destruction. If we only spend time with those who complain and grumble and say, woe is me, then we will be the exact same way. If all we talk about is how terrible or unfortunate our lives are and the circumstances that we find ourselves in, then we are living 
as if we do not have any hope in us. We are not living as citizens of heaven, but we are living as if this final, this earth is our final dwelling place. I want to encourage us, as Paul talked about the last two weeks, none of us will be perfect in this. Paul was not perfect in this. I am far from perfect in this. I complain often about the things in my life that do not go according to my plans. I complain often about how tired I am daily. I complain often about the challenges and difficulties of raising children. But church, we must forget all of these things, for there will be a day that all of it is forgotten and left behind. Rather than complaining about my difficult circumstances, I and we must keep our eyes on Paul. At the beginning of this letter, he does not dwell in the fact that he is in prison and that he is in uncomfortable circumstances. No, he rejoices at the opportunity it presents him to be a faithful witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those whose minds are set on earthly things, they glory in their shame and in their pity. But as citizens of heaven, we glory that in the midst of difficulty, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ works all things together for good for those who love Christ Jesus. Rather than complaining about being tired or being plagued with disease and injury, let us rejoice in verse 21 where it says that Jesus is going to transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. Those who set their minds on earthly things, their end is destruction. But those of us who are citizens of heaven, our end is glory and eternal life. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Church, Jesus Christ has gone before us and he has prepared a place specifically for you. And that is a glorious thing. Rather than complaining about what we do not have, let us rejoice at what we do have. Every single one of us who has repented of our sin and put our faith in Christ has God. We have the church. His spirit dwells in us. And he has gone to prepare a place for us. Revelation says that the dwelling place of God in heaven will be with man. We will be his people. And he will be our God. He will dwell with us and walk among us forever. Church, eternal life is knowing Jesus Christ. He will be our prize and portion at the end of this life. Everything that we experience, all of the circumstances in this life, all of the wants that we have in this life are temporary and will pass away. But Jesus Christ is unchanging. He is God and we will know him, enjoy him, and worship him forever. Those of us whose minds are set on earthly things, their God is their belly. They will try and try their entire lives to satisfy their flesh. They will try to look for satisfaction in being successful and making all the money that they can. They will look for satisfaction and acceptance and approval from man and sex and relationships. But all of these fleshly desires in the end will leave them empty. Their God is their belly. But church, those of us who are citizens of heaven, our God is the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for us and who has gone to prepare a place 
for us. And so again, in summary, I'm going to pull out this bulletin for in it, it describes exactly what I am talking about. That there are those who, who are people who set their minds on earthly things. They are enemies of Christ. Their end is destruction. But those of us who are citizens of heaven, we are friends of Christ. And our end is glory and eternal life. Those who set their minds on earthly things, their God is their belly in their entire lives. They will seek to satisfy their flesh, but they will be left empty. Those of us, though, who are citizens of heaven, our God is our portion and our prize, and it is the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will be with him and enjoy him forever. Those who set their minds on earthly things, they glory in their shame and their self-pity. But those of us who are citizens of heaven, we glory in the God who works all things, every circumstance, for the good of those who love Christ Jesus. Let us be reminded and encouraged this morning that if we have put our faith in Christ, we are citizens of heaven, and we will one day dwell with God for eternity. And so again, I'm going to harp on this because I think it's so important. The reason that the church exists, I'm not talking about the building, but the people The reason that we exist is to encourage one another in this race of life, to encourage each other. And what I've just talked about, that we are citizens of heaven, that God is our portion and that we will be with him forever. That one day the sickness, the disease, the sin that plagues us will be no more and we will be with God. But if we dwell among those who are worldly, our thoughts and our actions will be worldly, and we will forget the hope that we have in God. So we must be in constant fellowship and community with each other so that we can encourage each other in this life. We must daily surround ourselves with brothers and sisters in Christ so that we will not be in dismay when the storms of life come upon us, for they will. We must be in Christ-centered community so that we can pray for one another. So we can remind each other that we are citizens of a greater hope. And then also the church exists to be light in this world that is full of darkness. All that we, should, all that we do should point people in this world to the glory of Jesus Christ coming as a man and dying on the cross for the sins of the world. And the hope that we have because of that. And so for however long that Christ allows me to preach the word on this stage, I'm going to always, I will never grow weary of reminding us of the hope of eternal life, the hope of glory, the hope that we will one day be resurrected from the dead and dwell with God forever. Paul says that if there is no resurrection, then we Christians are the most to be pitied. But church, Christ Jesus rose from the dead and one day, Each one of us will be risen from the dead. He is in the process of making all things new. And our lowly body will be transformed to be like his glorious body. So I will always, I will always point us back to the hope of eternal life. To the hope of the glorification of our bodies. So I'm going to close our time this morning reading a passage from Revelation. That daily gives me so much hope. So if you want to turn there, Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. I'm going to read that for us in closing this morning. 
Again, Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. This is the reason that I daily, I need to read this passage and remind myself daily of this passage. Because if I don't, life will leave us in dismay. Life will make us grow weary at times. But this is our passage of hope. That everything in this life is going to pass away and that Christ is making all things new. So Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. This is John, the Apostle John, speaking. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have all passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. And the one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be his God and he will be my son. Citizens of heaven have all of this to look forward to. That God will be our God and that we will be his children. And that all the sorrows and the results of sin in this life will pass away. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Those whose minds, those who set their minds on earthly things will find destruction, and this will be their end. It is my prayer today for each one of us to continue, as Dave talked about last week, to strain forward to what lies ahead and to take comfort that God has gone to prepare a place for us and that he will be our God forever and ever and ever. Let us pray. Father, again, we just thank you and we praise you today, Father. We thank you that even in our catechism it talks about, in this passage it talks about that you are a God who is making all things new. Father, that there will be a day when the sorrows and the sufferings and just the heartache of this life will all be behind us, Father, and we will dwell in your presence for eternity. When we will know you the God who created us, the God who knitted us together in our mother's womb, the God who is ever-present when we are in trouble. That is what the psalmist says, that you are a God who is always present. 
in our trouble. You are Emmanuel, God with us, that your spirit dwells in us, that we are not alone, that we have you and we have the church. Father, life is not easy. There is just, there's destruction. There is sin. Father, we have you and we have this church to encourage us to press on towards what lies ahead. So, Father, I pray that we would continue to be a Christ-centered community, that we would continue to be a prayerful people who prays on behalf of one another. Lord, life is not easy, but we have you and we have the church to encourage us in this walk. So, Father, I pray that you would show us just the necessity of dwelling and living in community with brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I know that my heart has needed it for the six years that I've been a follower of Christ. I need your church. I have needed your people to encourage me in this walk. So, Father, give us just a greater picture, a greater storyline of the Bible, that it is truly a story of God reconciling a people to himself from beginning to end. That is what it is about. It is about the God of the universe having relationship with a people from the Old Testament to the New. And, Father, the church is that people. Father, show us just the importance of dwelling in community together. This is not a life and a walk to go at individually, but we do it in community. And, Father, we thank you for this community. And it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen.